Hey y'all, welcome to Repent, Revive, Redeem. We hope you enjoy this new episode. And as always, you know, subscribe, follow us on Spotify, and we hope you enjoy it. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a grand old time. All right. Enjoy the episode. And we're live. Well, welcome back to the podcast. (laughs) We've kind of been missing in action, kind of like your boys when they find a cute girl in Chi Alpha (laughs) or any other ministry. Unfortunately, I was told to update about what's going on. I um, I'm not dating any cute girls. No way. No. Yeah. A yeah, hothead not, like you is not yeah. dating any cute girls. <laughs> no, it's it's almost like I'm too busy doing other stuff, like reading my Bible. <laughs> and I just love a church girl who goes to church and reads her Bible. Yeah. All right. Well, welcome back to Repent, Revive, Redeem. Uh, we're sorry about the lack of content over the last two months. <laughs> I just looked at our uh, our Instagram page, and I was like, Jared, when was the last time we, we kind of made a podcast? And it said January 9th, 2020. <laughs> we thought it was pretty funny. We were, uh, like, we're like, ah. Yeah, not the best. And we've been getting roasted. Yeah. And it's like, when are you guys going to make a podcast? And we're like, we don't know when we're going to yeah. make a podcast. Not even by Kyle, not even just Kyle for people, but also my sister roasted oh, no. me. Like, you know, you know that thing, uh, like the, the meme Sarah Ailing put in um, La Raza? Yeah, that went viral. I got sent that two days before she did by my sister. Yeah, I, uh, I got sent that probably three or four times in my DM. <laughs> and I'm just like... We get it. We haven't made a podcast in over two months. Many of you guys are like, well, it's probably just a one-time thing. They're probably, like, getting over it. But we haven't forgot forgotten y'all. Yeah. And we felt convicted. And we're just like, we promised we would produce content, and we're going to produce content. Yeah. So, yeah. here we are. Yeah. <laughs> I th- the thing that makes me the most sad is I think there was some stuff that, in the moment... I was, like, fired up about, I could have talked about that we could have had more episodes than, like, what we're ending up talking about today. And the stuff, like, I'm planning on talking about tonight, like, is going to be, it's going to be good stuff. But there's some stuff in there, like, uh, I had to do, uh, like, Peter let me run a small group one week, and it was about, like, the tragedy of Christ being crucified alone and stuff like that. But, like, that's not the stuff I'm planning on talking about I'm today. talking about, like, David Wilkerson kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, called anguish. Which, like, you're mm, going to, like, cry. I've also, yeah, I've also discovered, um, since last time, J. Bryce got me on Carter Conlin, of all people. Mmm! So good, man. <laughs> so good. Go listen to yourself, uh, The Mark of the Beast by Carter Conlin. Yeah, on your forehead. Yeah, and yeah. And on your hand. Yeah, and he's, he's like, there's no room for it if you, if Jesus has it all. And it's, it's it's a very usually like I don't as like someone that was raised in somebody's God I got a lot of doom and gloom preaching sometimes and it really a lot of hell preaching yeah it always made me very uncomfortable and I was always afraid when we talked about like the rapture and that kind of stuff and you're like am I really saved <laughs> and more so it's like but like I think I'm like I know I'm saved like what happens if I can mess up and then like I was like haha nope like hell for you and stuff like that but Carter Conlon like that message I ended up even though it's talking about the end times I ended up not being afraid but more so like hyped up which I think is a lot more about like what 
Like, Revelation is meant to warn you about upcoming judgment, but it's also meant to be encouraging to believers, where it's like, there's going to be a time where the person that you love the most, like, Jesus Christ is going to come back down, and he's going he's gonna to be here with you, not just, like, in spirit, but also, like, in body. And he's like, hey, I'm with you, and, like, this is all ours now. Not yours, not mine, but ours. Like, we, we all have dominion over it. And that's, like, a really encouraging thing. So, yeah, yeah, that's that's awesome, for sure. So, Jared, like, what's been going on over the last two months, essentially, Ooh. on campus? Like, what's a what's a quick recap of like what the Lord's done on campus? Oh man, it's been it's been a wild time. We had a uh, Jed Fest. Happen. Oh man, dude, I never got to go, and I'm so upset. really yeah. I never I never ended up going, dude. but there was a lot of people that like I know Max. And like Josh Clack and them, they were, they were loving it. They were going there. They were using it as an opportunity to be able to talk to their like, because like some of their friends were going that like weren't saved, and they were like, wait, what's going on? And they're like, oh, like here, let me explain to you kind of thing. And like, I think that's what <laughs> I think that's what Jed's really going for is like you can't do, like you can make people realize their sin in like that amount of time, but you can't disciple them. You can't disciple people in such, like, a week. You can't do it. It's impossible. Yeah. And so, like, his plan, his his goal is just to, like, rip the mask off, get people to be genuine, and realize what they need. And yeah. then, um, from there, go on to have other people that are, like, at the university and can consistently be there for them to disciple them. I think that's really what he's going for. Yeah, for sure. And doing that kind of stuff. For and, sure. Yeah, there was a... Uh, 100-day prayer has been going strong. I actually have a quote from last time I was in the prayer room, which was also the day before I got the flu at one point, which was interesting. You need a Lyme? Sure wasn't Corona? Uh, I got it tested. It was influenza type A, so it is confirmed not the coronavirus. Not the corona. Don't don't eat bats. You are not Just, the you know, that's a message from Jonathan Bryce himself. Do not eat bats. Otherwise, they're going to start a global pandemic. Yeah. And that's never a good thing, as we're currently finding out. Mm-hmm. So, one of the things I've been doing is, like, we've been going through LTC and stuff like that. And What's like, LTC, Jared? It's a leadership training course. And so, we're going through um, Youth of Flame, Bowen to Prattney, reading the Bible a ton, talking about a bunch of, like, very practical discipleship stuff. And so, during company one week... Um, Jonathan Bryce mentioned something that I still need to start, need to keep on listening to because I've only listened to the first episode. But he mentioned 21st century reformation. 21 century CR? Yeah, dude, 21 CR. It was like, ooh, dude, oh, shoot. And I was like, this is interesting. And he started talking about, the first episode was really interesting because he started talking about effective um, discipleship methods. And he's like, the two things I really got out of it was one, um, the people that you should be getting your ideas from about how to best, like, disciple or how to best evangelize should be people who are soul winners. Like, it's not enough just to, like, like, you don't want essentially a theorist in evangelism and discipleship. You want Like someone, saying, hey, you should do it like this, this. Cause like, but in reality, you don't do it, like, the this. way you're, you're yeah. telling people to yeah. do it. Like, yeah, like, like, they're just thinking about it on an intellectual level rather than, like, a practical, hands-on method and like so Kanye, of course yeah and so he started talking about that and the other thing he talked about was effective salvation sermons and he said the most distinguishing thing for him 
between when he would give a good sermon about salvation or a bad salvation about a sermon, like bad salvation sermon, like that didn't work well, was if he preached it as you need Jesus, it didn't work as well because some people were just like, no, I'm going pretty good on my own. And like they just kind of like roll with it. However, the thing he said worked better was Jesus Christ has a right over your life. And that was his point. And so for context about this prayer thing that happened is I had listened to that the night before. And then I ended up writing down this quote that I, I guess I sort of just made in the prayer room. And that was, the mind has a right and a dominion over the body. It is not as much that the body needs the head to live, though that is true, but rather that the body must yield to the will of the head to be a cohesive being of intelligence, or else the being dies a creature of instinct and reflex. Not only do you need God, but you also must yield to the will of Jesus to be a part of the body of Christ. For any part that causes it to stumble will be cut off and cast into the fire. So when are you writing the rest of your book? <laughs> uh, once I start winning souls, I guess. Because right now, I'm not supposed to, no, one, no one's supposed to listen to me if they take my last piece of advice until... Till I prove myself a soul winner, so yeah, that's awesome. That's crazy. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely been kind of rowdy here at A and M over the last couple of weeks, last couple of months, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like like you were saying, we had Jet Fest, and and I I've I've been to every single Jet Fest, and it's kind of unique that it called that it's called Jet Fest. And fun fact, there was a uh, an atheist about ten years ago, because this guy's been doing it for like pretty close to 30, 39, 40 years. So his ministry is working. Otherwise, he wouldn't be doing it, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a, there was an atheist on campus about 10 years ago who quoted that it was Jedfest, and he coined the term, and it stuck throughout the last 10 years. And it's it's uh, it's like, man, like, it's kind of like uh, Ray Comfort. Because have you seen that Banana Man sermon? No, I haven't. Dude, uh, you should watch the Banana Man sermon. So it's like... He was on like this uh, this Christian TV channel, and he was talking about how the banana was perfectly formed for like a person because of the different attributes of it. Yeah. And then he he broke it up. I forget the, the the quote verbatim, but an atheist started calling him Banana Man, and it just went viral. <laughs> and what ended up happening is is that viral um, kind of attribute like got people questioning like, okay, like. Does he actually know what he's talking talking about? about. Or is he just a crazy man talking about bananas? Yeah, and and, and so they they do their own due diligence, and what they end up finding is a life full of, (laughs) you know, a full life of joy, everlasting joy, and, and, you know, they turn to, to, you know, Jesus over Mm -hmm. over it. So it's really cool. And to get back to Jetfest, anyways, um, I find that there are, like, three type of people who go out to Jetfest, right? You have the hecklers. There's always a group. There's always a group. They're they're out there to to stick it up to the man and be like, you can't tell me what to do or mm, yeah. my body, my rights. There was uh, I mean, it could be worse. We could be pulling a state. Was it was it Texas State where the hecklers there? It was Texas State. Flashed. Uh, Jed deciding that would be the way to show him, and, and instead and the they law, got arrested. Yeah, they got a, they got arrested, and you know they're on a couple of. Uh, sex offender lists now mm-hmm. um so you know if you're going to be an idiot don't be an idiot you know what i mean <laughs> so you got the hecklers and they're out there just like causing a scene and honestly like the hecklers 
they draw more people in to listen. <laughs> because when you have a big crowd, and and Brother Jed has developed a five-stage crowd um, gathering technique, mm-hmm. and you know he's been doing this for, like I said, 40 years, so he knows what he's doing. Um, but you have the hecklers, right? Then you have the people who are genuinely interested in what he is saying. And they're just like, what the crap is this guy saying? Because at one point he's saying some very um, provocative <laughs> things. And then the next he's 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 teaching about uh, he's teaching about Jesus and like he's sharing a gospel sermon. Yeah. It's it's a I guess now that I look at it, it's more of like a the part of it that people concentrate a lot, especially the hecklers, they concentrate on like the the brood of vipers part of the sermon, I guess, is what I call it. Because I guess what John the Baptist was like, you brood of vipers, like, you bunch of heretics and Pharisees, like, you're so prideful, you're not going to know when when Messiah, when the Messiah hits you. And yeah. then right after he says that, he's like, speaking of the Messiah, like, he's here. <laughs> like, there he is. So I baptize you in water, he comes after exactly. me and baptize you in fire. Yeah, and so, like, I guess a lot of people get, like, the hecklers concentrate on the brood of vipers part and they just get they get their pride hurt and they if you throw a rock in a pack <laughs> of dogs and one yelps that you know one. which one got hit mm-hmm. that's the fact jack and uh so you have the people who are genuinely interested as the second group and then you have the third group which are the christians and there are two subgroups of christians you have subgroup a of the christians which are like man like you're you're teaching the wrong type of Christianity, you know, Christianity is all about love. It's all about this, that, and the other. And they just focus on that love aspect of Christianity. And they're saying, well, your ministry is wrong. Your doctrine is wrong because, you know, my my doctrine is perfect, mm-hmm. you know. And that's, and then it's just like, well, you, maybe if, like, it's out of love, they'll come to know the Lord, right? Yeah. Which I, you know, it's totally totally doable and it happens all the time yeah and that's awesome and you know there's no perfect well there is a perfect ministry and that's following the bible there's no like not compromising for anything of the world in your ministry but sticking to the gun which is your sword which is the word which is your bible right and then you have the fourth type of christians who are like okay like he's been doing this for 40 years his ministry works how can i help him yeah how can I be a servant and honor him and ask genuine questions to these people who are out here who are, number one, like, probably not going to class just to see the show, you know what I mean? Because there are a lot of theatrics that go in with uh, with Jedfest. And, like, ask them, like, genuine questions about, hey, like, what do you think this guy means when he's talking about this? Or, like, how long have you been out here and, like, what have you heard and what do you think of this? Yeah. And you get into good conversations, and it's that, it's what it's it's the harvest on the side that really hits home. Because we've had people come to come to Chi Alpha um, through Jetfest, and actually stick through Chi Alpha with Jetfest, and it's like you know, um, it's 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 very successful, and we've seen you know people get saved every year, people turn their lives around every year, and and um, and submit themselves before Jesus, and it's it's effective, mm-hmm. and you know if if you know. You leave the 99 to find the one. Yeah. Right. And it's just like, if you have that mentality, if you're in ministry and you're in a position of leadership in ministry, like, that's what Jesus said. Like, you, the, 90, the 99 are already there. Go out and find the one. Yeah. And that's, it's interesting because, uh, like, a lot of people, 
even like other Christians don't like Jed and like I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest with it. Uh, Jed's a hundred percent okay if you don't like him. His goal isn't to get you to like him. His goal is to get you to like Jesus. So like even if you don't a hundred percent agree with his methods or like you realize later you're like. I'm not 100% sure, like, if I agree with everything he says. If he got you to the point where you're asking those questions and thinking, he's content in knowing that he did his job because you're, you're thinking about it. And, like, that's his that's his goal. Like, his goal isn't to make you feel comfortable. His goal isn't to be your friend. His goal is to get you to start think, like, just get the question of eternity on your mind. Yes. And if he gets you asking those questions and gets you talking to people about it, he he could care less if you like him or not. In fact, he actually states because of how much A&M, like, jokes about him and, like, makes a big ordeal about it, he loves A&M for that. Because, like, like, there's other campuses that will, like, just ignore him. And so, like, I guess it's, like, the phrase, like, bad publicity is still, is, like, is still good publicity. So, like, even if Jed is popular at A&M for, like, the memes or whatever... He's still content with that because it's still getting people to, like, listen to him and, like, it gets them thinking about those things. So, like, he doesn't care how he how he gets you to think about it as long as you're thinking about it. He is, like, like he's doing his job. Like, he's doing a good good thing. Yeah. So, we had we had Jed Fest, just to keep recapping, and then 100 Days of Prayer. So, just like you were saying earlier, we're we're going strong. We've been going strong. For over a month now, we started uh, January 24th, and we've been going 24 hours every single day since then. And you know, it's it's leap day, yeah. So you could say we won't have a podcast for another four years because <laughs> it's leap day. Merry Christmas! But man, like there have been so many answered prayers through the prayer room, yeah. And like the whole atmosphere um, and dynamic of like how you how the ministry is going is changing because of this. Right, and I there was a there's an instance where um, we have we have flashcards right, so we're in one of the one of the rooms at our chapel, and uh, we've been just basically not squatting rights but squatting rights on this on this place and um, and just going strong since and there's a flashcard written and it was like pray for this person that he will get that he will be saved right and people yeah. started praying for this person and. And just interceding on his behalf, right? Well, this guy ends up giving his life to Jesus through the prayer room, through all these prayers. Because you don't know what people are praying for you. You don't know how people are praying for you or why people are praying for you, but people are praying for you, right? And it's that fourth dimension, that spiritual dimension that you do not see. That's that has the the you have a you have a battle for your heart every day. Like there are things around you that you will never see. Every day, it's like a whole like kind of dimensional thing. It's like, it's like yeah. a two D person. Uh, like if you were to get a sheet of paper and just draw a little stick dude named Joe on the sheet of paper, like he will not see you unless you like stick your finger through um, through the paper, and that's kind of how like yeah spiritual stuff works. Yeah, right? it's it's kind of like the uh, he's he's not he, he probably isn't the biggest fan of Christianity, but it's kind of like Plato's allegory of the cave thing like your eyes aren't open to the spiritual reality around you until you start become willing to try and understand it kind of thing and so like that's when it's that willingness to learn that is going to enable you to 
to start seeing things that you didn't think was there. Because uh, uh, spiritual warfare is weird, real. I think the first podcast I may have talked about some of my experiences with spiritual warfare. It's been a two bit. months, so you might have, dude. I don't. I don't. <laughs> yeah, don't don't, we don't remember. Ooh, we probably should have listened, re-listened to it before. Yeah, that's forty-five minutes. That's true, man. Yeah, that's wild. But that was, yeah, that was a long time ago. But yeah, the spiritual warfare is a, a real thing, and it's interesting because right now we're, we're kind of experimenting in something that, hasn't been done in a, in a while, kind of thing with this whole hundred-day prayer thing, and it's just kind of bringing a new, kind of, skirmish. I guess, especially over the uh, area we're squatting in, which is, it's it's interesting. So, like, that whole area people have talked about now that they've been able to, like, like, high alpha people have stepped into that area, and there's they feel such a overwhelming, like, spiritual peace kind of thing. And so, like, it's just, it's interesting, the whole spiritual warfare aspect of it, because it's something that a lot of people don't like to think about. It's not taught about much, because it, uh, it really only happens to people that are willing and ready to go start doing stuff. And so, like, the, like, in the modern day, like, general Christian, as in I go to church on Sunday and Wednesdays mindsets, it doesn't happen to them a lot because they're not, well, they don't notice it, I guess, a lot. And so it's rarely preached over because a lot of people aren't asking questions about it. But it's the, it's the Christian that reads his Bible and is... I guess we're talking about, like, the radical Christian. The I say. normal Christian. Yeah, I, I say that in quotation marks because that's the, that's the intentional Christian. Like, that's the Christianity that we're supposed to be living. It's that Christian that has to deal with the spiritual warfare and starts realizing that kind of stuff. Because, like, and that's how yeah. you know you're doing stuff right because yeah. people think, um, like, spiritual warfare, like, is not demonic possession, right? which is, like, a weird thing to think about because, like, a lot of times you're like, Oh, if demons are talking to you, that means I must be doing something wrong. And it's like, no. Jesus literally had conversations with the devil several times, and he never sinned even. So, like, it's when you're doing stuff, something right, when it they start coming to tempt you, and that's when you have to be on guard. On guard. So, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, it's it's... It's been a wild ride. It really has been. Um, just radical, radical stories from different small groups. And, uh, you know, speaking of that, like, people have been, you know, baptizing the Holy Spirit. Uh, and that was crazy. Um, and on top of that, uh, there was a guy who got healed at large group two weeks ago. And uh, the guy's name is Steven. He's actually in my small group. And um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Steven. Um, real quick, and Steven, uh, he played baseball in high school, got a gnarly, gnarly shoulder injury, overthrowing his arm, you know, torn labrum and everything like that, right? Well, he can't, he couldn't move his right arm past about, like, where his shoulder is, so he can't, like, extend and raise his hand, right? Well, anyways... Um, to add insult to injury, he got into a couple of gnarly accidents over the last two months, three months, right? So, like, he totaled his truck, um, and it wasn't his fault. Uh, deer popped out in front of him back uh, last semester, destroyed his front bumper, gets it replaced over the brake just to have it rear-ended at 50 miles an hour ooh. by some girl, right? And then to add insult to injury to that, 
a guy in West Campus garage um, runs into his truck while it's parked at 20 miles an hour, hit and run, and bends the frame and totals the truck. Right. And the, when the girl hit him, um, it popped his, it, it tore his labrum, right, and popped his shoulder out of socket. So he was in a lot of pain. And um, and Steven's been one of one of uh, my most faithful guys in a small group. Always shows up, always has fun. Uh, we have a term in Kai Alpha, and it's it's fat, and it's not offensive. Fat mm. is an acronym for faithful, available, and teachable. And these are the people who we focus on the most in small group who are willing to hang out outside a small group and not take it as a Bible study, but as a, um, honestly, like, you know, you're walking with, with them. And um, Stephen's been with us ever since Howdy Week, along with, along with Ty. And um, it's been amazing to see the growth that both of them have, have uh, experienced. But Stephen in particular, like, he didn't have the best relationship with his parents um, his truck gets totaled. He's failed. He, you know, he's uh, failed a class, not doing too well in school. But in all the while, he's still praising the Lord. And all the while, all through all this suffering, he grows closer to God, right? Mm-hmm. And he grows in the fire. And he's getting refined in the fire. And the stuff that burns away burns away, right? And the stuff that's fireproof gets refined. And that's how a Christian life is. Some drink the milk for the whole life. And then some mature and eat the meat. And the people who drink the milk the whole night become lactose intolerant and start, you know, having bowel issues with religious talk and looking Christian and everything like that. Um, but they never start eating the meat. That's like basically saying ever since your birth, you know, ever since you being born, you just drank milk for 20 years. Not sustainable. Not Yogi. sustainable, man. But anyways, back to back to Stephen. He he was refined and everything like that. And he's praying that you know a relationship relationship with his parents you know improves, and it does. And it prayer gets answered. And on top of that, like he got a new truck. He got a better truck for less, and he's not underwater anymore. And then we were we've been praying for Stephen for months about his shoulder. Months, like ever since like last semester, and we just like. It was after large group was over, everybody was kind of dispersing and going to make plans uh, for like the after after large group fellowship type yeah. of deal, like at Fuego or Gumby's or whatever. And and I was kind of helping out, and then I see a bunch of people around Stephen in the corner, and I'm like, the Holy the Holy Spirit gives me a kind of word of discernment. He's like, they're praying for his healing. I'm like, I'm going to like like I. I was like Usain Bolt in the Olympics. Yeah, yeah like, I'm about to hop in I'm on like, that. I'm hopping in on that. Bah. Real quick. Yeah, exactly. And everybody's laying hands on him, right? And we're just like praying and praying and praying. And we're just like, Lord, like this has been plaguing him for the last year. And, you know, we, we, we proclaim this victory over Stephen right now. And by your stripes, Lord, he's been, been made healed. And and as as we're praying on him or praying for him, his arm was like at his level on the shoulder, and it goes, like he just raises it up, you know. And everybody's like awestruck, and Steve, you know, like Stevens in tears, and he's like, "This is so amazing, man!" And like I didn't know this stuff would happen, and it's like you know, the Holy Spirit still moves, and that's what it comes down to. It's like, man, if you believe that, you know, 
the Holy Spirit was like just for the like early church. Like it doesn't say that anywhere in the Bible, mm-hmm. and that's misplaced. Fact, and that's just misplaced doctrine. Mm-hmm. But to pop that Joel, like Joel chapter the, two. Yeah, in the end of times, that's when it's gonna be popping out the most, is because that's when it's the most needed. Because that's when the spiritual warfare and the nitty gritty is the worst. So God's gonna equip the people that are gonna be fighting the most with the most weaponry. Yeah. So. And that's exactly why Jesus left. He literally says in John sixteen, "I must go." in order so I can send the advocate, which mm-hmm. is the Holy Spirit. And it's like Jesus could only stay at one place at one time. Yeah. He was a man, right? He's God and man at the same time. But like a, a man, like men can go multiple places, which is why you send them out and you go kind of thing. Yes. So. But he was only a man. He can only be in one spot. However, the Holy Spirit is omnipotent mm-hmm. and it's just like everywhere at once. Right? Yeah. So, you know, that's just crazy. And it's such, such, such a awesome experience when you see something miraculous happen. Mm-hmm. And everybody talks about, oh, like, that person right there, he's a radical Christian. And when I think of radical, usually, there's, there's, there's two types of radicals I think mm-hmm. of. You think of, like, radical as in bad because it's been associated in the past with groups that have been, like, nar-nar like mm-hmm. super bad people and then you think of radical like you know surfing the barrel of a wave like oh radical dude. yeah like, like bro that's sick yeah, that's crazy you know what i mean but like when you're speaking of like a radical christian you're just looking into a normal christian's life. yeah like it's not supposed to be the radical christian because like that's they're they are neither of those things they are neither bad nor are they really cool because like that's not something that like the radical as in like the cool out of this world kind of thing like that's not it's not meant to be like that it's meant to be a commonplace thing and the fact that we are so awestruck when god moves it shows that we're not expecting god to move and that's and that i think is often what limits the moves of god is our expectations yes Exactly, and the miraculous should occur every single day in a Christian's life because you're cooperating with God. Mm-hmm. You're in this relationship with Jesus, and you have like you're an adopted son of God. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So it's just like if you're when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you're given that an, that uh, anointed like empowerment, basically. To do what, you know, he says to do. It's like, you will cast demons out in my name. Yeah. I You know, you have the authority to heal the sick and to go out and to, you know, baptize those in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and I will be with you always. It's that Matthew twenty eight nineteen mm-hmm. that really takes into effect, right? And it's waiting on the Holy Spirit because that's a biblical promise that Jesus said. It was both prophesied in Joel um, that all your sons and daughters, all the men, will be, you know, baptized in the Holy Spirit. Like, they have that access. Yeah, the young and the old both get gifts from God. Amen. And it's interesting. Yeah, and the uh, the other interesting thing is, you know, we're talking about, like, the Great Commission, which is, at its very basis, a command. And a lot of people take it at that base level command. But one of the things that Eli's talked about a little bit is, it's not, I mean, it's meant to be a command that you should do, but God ideally wants it to be a collaboration which is interesting because like i think eli's told stories where sometimes god's like you should go do this and eli's like well god could i instead do this and god's like yeah no that'll work kind of thing 
And so, like, it's, it's interesting, the idea that, like, God doesn't want it to just be a do this and then you go do it. Like, he wants obedience, but he also, he doesn't want strict, like, I'm just going to do exactly what he says, and then after that, I'm just not going to mess with him kind of thing. Like, he wants you to be asking questions, asking, well, God, like, what if I did this, and what if I did that, and, like, not, I don't want to say the term negotiation, because negotiation, like, implies an equal power to make the deal, I guess, but, like, he wants you to interact with him, like, when he gives a command, and be like, okay, Lord, like, I'm going to trust you in this, but, like, that doesn't make sense. Like, he wants you to be honest about, like, the commands he gives you. And, like, like question not in a doubtful manner, but more in a curious, interested manner, I guess would be the would be the better way to say that type of questioning. It's a curiosity, not a doubt questioning. Because those are the two ways you question something. And the, the doubt means of questioning is always almost disingenuous. Because that's what... That's part of Youth of Flame talks about. Like, there's two types of people that are going to be asking you questions about your faith. And the people that are asking the doubting questions aren't worth answering because they're just going to be looking to pick apart whatever you say. And, like, there's not going to be anything productive that comes out of it. However, the ones that are asking it in a curiosity, in an interaction, and they're willing to, they're teachable. Those are the people that it's fruitful to answer the questions to. Yeah, it's... um. So I came up with a uh, with a sequence, right? So in small group over the last month, we were uh, we're going through uh, David Pawson's normal Christian birth, right? Yeah. And we're gonna end on this segment because we're running we're running at 34 minutes right now. But we're gonna end on this segment. You don't wanna you know overstretch mm-hmm. you know this podcast because we have plenty of content to come out with soon in the next two months, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um. So if you're going through David Pawson's normal Christian birth, and he's like this like awesome, awesome, awesome pastor. He's 90 years old. Dude, I need to. He's an old guy. I wanna. He's past boomer status. <laughs> like that's old man. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. But anyways, so we are going with, like I said, for the third time, you know, perfect number three. Um, normal or David Pawson's normal Christian birth, and he said there are four parts to a normal Christian birth. There's the repentance part, the belief in the Son, baptism in water, and baptism in the Holy Spirit, right? And the sequence, um, and I, as I was like looking through these videos and just praying about it and, and talking to the Lord about it, um, there was this like sequential number of verses that like came to mind that just like blew me away and it was like this is actually what happens, right? So you have like in Psalms 51, and if you don't know the context of Psalms 51, it's when David slept with Bathsheba and uh, killed his husband uh, Uriah. Uriah, right? And he like sent him to the front line to <laughs> and, fight, and he you know ended up dying so he can have an excuse to sleep with his wife or yeah his wife, you know. <laughs> Psalms 51 is basically David saying, "I've recognized my sin, I've recognized wh- whom I've hurt." I've recognized that my ways are nothing but terrible. And honestly, like, when you recognize that, like, there's no such thing as a as a good person, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's just a lie from the enemy, right? You know, Jonathan says, oh, he's just a good guy. You know, there's nothing, everybody's a good guy. Everybody's a good guy. Like, that's literally what everybody says. If you were to describe some dude, 
probably more likely than not, they're going to be like, yeah, he's a good guy. He's a nice guy. Yeah. He's he's kind, you know. And like, unless okay. you did something super... Unless you're, unless you're like a serial killer or, you know, somebody who rips people off, you know. Yeah. But at the same point in time, it's just subjective. Like, <laughs> there's there's an objective good and then there's a subjective good, which everybody, you know... Everybody lives in the subjective. Everybody lives in the subjective. Like, a lot of people are saying, oh, there's no objective truth anymore. Well... Um, that statement is in itself an objective truth. Yeah. You just shot, shot yourself in the foot. Yeah. <laughs> Subjective truth, right? So Psalm, to get back to it, so Psalm 51 is recognition of sin, right? Then you go to Second Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10, which is godly sorrow will lead to repentance, right? You're sorry that what you've done and, and that, that burden, that conviction that you have is like plaguing you. So that godly sorrow will lead you to repent and turn away from that, right? Then you get to Acts chapter 3, verse 19, which is be, repent and believe, right? And it's like you repent of your sins and then you believe. And we're going down the list, right? So we're from the repent, we're to the believe, right? Mm. Then you got John three sixteen, which is you believe in the Son. You know, for God yeah, so loved the, the world, world, he sent his only begotten Son, so that whoever believed in him will have life to the full, life eternal, right? Yeah. Then you have Acts chapter 2, verse 38, part A, and it's repent and then be baptized, right? If you baptize, get baptized in water and you don't repent, more often than not, you are probably peer pressured into getting baptized and you weren't ready, right? And that's so evident for today, especially in America, especially at Texas A&M. You know, we're in the Bible Belt for crying, like the super Bible Belt, mm -hmm. right? Everyone's like, oh, I'm Christian. I got baptized. And you're just like, you know, well... Were you, were you, did you have a repentant spirit when you got baptized? Were you ready to get baptized? Because baptism is is um, significant in that you know you're cleansing yourself, you're mm -hmm. you're dying to yourself. You're like it's an outward expression of an inward change. And you're like, listen, like this is how I'm going to live the rest of my life until I die. Like at yeah. that, that's when like you're secure. Like that's when you're making this this proclamation to everybody around you that you're living for Jesus now. So that's Acts 2.38. Then you have Matthew 28, verses 19, which is the gospel. The gospel starts with go. It's a command. And if you're a Christian, this is a command to go out unto all tribes, nations, and tongues and, you know, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and that Jesus will be with you always. Right? You yeah. preach the word. Then you have Acts chapter 1, verse 5, which is you wait on the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. You wait, because it's a promise. You have Joel chapter 2, like we talked about earlier. We have John 16, when Jesus literally says, like, I have to go in order that I can send the Spirit to you, that I can send the Holy Spirit to be to equip you in the future, right? And then you have Acts 2, verse 4, which is being baptized in the Holy Spirit, that last part of RBBR. When yeah. rubber hits the road, you're a Christian, right? And that's honestly... What everybody, every single Christian should be striving for is that completion of normal Christian birth. And, you know, birth is painful. Yeah. Like, you're literally dying to yourself. You're literally, like, dying to your flesh. You're dying to your desires. You're like, Lord, like, I want your heart. Like, give me a, give me a part of your heart. Yeah. And you're going to him with, an, with a heart of openness. And, you know, you, you don't have this traditional kind of prayer where you're like, Bless this world. I pray for peace. I pray for this campus. I pray yeah. for good health and my family. Like that's yeah, everybody and their dog prays that. Who's nominal? Come on. Like are you mm -hmm. kidding me? Like it, it, 
we're talking about radical prayer. You're talking about getting on your hands and your knees, and you're just crying to God to do something yeah. for Him to 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 meet you, right? Yeah, and that's and that goes into like the prayer room. That goes into normal Christian lives, <laughs> everyday yeah. devotion. That's what uh, I was reading part of Mere Christianity today, and he was talking about something about like there's two types of sin, and it was like the animal nature versus like the deprived nature the depraved nature and a lot of times we we combat the animal nature like sin stuff so like that'd be like gluttony sexual sins that kind of stuff he's like well comparatively like there's some people that are just like bitter and depraved to the core and see literally says in there he's like there's a great likelihood that there's a self-righteous prig going to church Every Sunday, that's closer to hell than a prostitute on the streets, and it was like, wow, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, and it was. It's interesting because like you're talking about the the normal Christian birth, and some people will just get kind of close to the birth, but not really ever be born, and like, oh no, I'm good, and like just think that standing on the outer ridges of something will make it oh, okay. There's something else I noticed, but. Uh, we're definitely not gonna have time to talk about that today. That you, uh, but we'll save that for another week. Okay. But if, for a teaser, it's about what Cole's talking about with baptism. I just realized something, so that may be a future podcast. Talk. So we're going to get on schedule where mm-hmm. there's no two month delay Wait, between. We are going podcasts. to do this more often. Even we might get it Wednesday, if you want to do it Wednesday. Yeah. We could do it after large group. I'm totally down. Yeah. Or we could do it Friday. Yeah. But you know, getting back on the schedule and and kind of catching up. You know, yeah. with stuff because you know, two months of not doing anything is kind of like, yeah, it's not okay. Yeah, like, let's be honest. Like we, like I said, I, we definitely missed at least some things that were going on in my life that we could have talked about. And I don't want to, I want to have this stuff down, not just for like other people, but also just like for me someday I can go back and listen to all the stuff that God was doing in my life. Now, you know, it's a good log. It's yeah. Nothing else. Charge so. log. <laughs> Rip jars log forever. Jars log. Well, that didn't have the Lord's anointing. Yeah, that was something I wanted to do, Holy and you could tell. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, we hope you all have a great week, a great rest of your day. And until next time we meet, I hope you all have a blessed day. All right. Catch you all next time. Mm-hmm.